Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roll with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? Um, you look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year we, we can pack it full of 25000 Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you look? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. It's time to go behind the grind, presented again by Fantasy Points Media Group. As always, I am joined by Major Caldwell. That is way too major media. New Twitter handle, same beautiful mug. And on today's show, we have the creator of the preseason matchup analysis. He's all about the big boards. And if you're about winning money, hey, this guy has not lost any money in 20 years of playing high stakes fantasy football he's also one of the king's classic champs yes he's got a beautiful picture holding a belt and yes i am jealous he is the one and only doug worth how you doing dougie you come with the applause and the the kick-ass intro that's that's awesome man here's the here's the belt here's the belt behind me if you you if you want the proof it's right there it just casually like oh yeah yeah so on today's show we're just gonna sit here (laughs) Look at my Funko Pops. Oh, you got a belt there. I see how this is going to work. Yeah, I, I remember that King's Classic belt. There's a beautiful picture of you and Drew just kind of rubbing it in whenever I go look at the banner. I mean, hey, it is what it is. If you're the champ, you got to show it off. I mean, that's how it works, doesn't it? I was just there for the photo op. I don't know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> just add a little bit of a, little bit of a beautician aspect to the picture there. So we are going to talk all things. We're going to get right into your journey. We're going to go behind the grind with Doug here. Maybe he's going to teach us how to Dougie. Major, are you in for this? Can we learn how to Dougie, Dougie? No? Okay. It's all right. I am probably (laughs) one of the best, like, stool dancers you'll ever meet. All the rhythm is from the waist up. Everything down, it does not work. It's not how – you don't want to see me dance. But I could bust out a pretty mean worm, which is out there on the internet somewhere. So He says so much stuff that is – I'm going to be nice today, and we're going to just focus on Doug because I do not want to just go into everything you just said right now. <laughs> well, I can, I can get the same sway as my stash, right? Just a little. <laughs> anyway, we, we're going to go in here. We're going to talk about your journey. We're going to get some information on those preseason matchup analysis because I know you've been working hard on those here right now. I mean, we've talked about – we talk about the grind. We talk about everything that goes into it. We talk about off the show – how much more work goes into the off season than it goes into the regular season. So I know right now, if you're anything like me, we're getting ready for the regular season because then it's time just to kind of, we're, we're kind of one dimensional here on where our focus is matchups weekly. We know where we're going off season. The heads just vote everywhere. I mean, there's all kinds of information out there that we're bringing in and then redistrib- uh, redistributing to the public and to our patrons and to the fa- fantasy football fans out there. Now, Doug, yeah. Are you ready to relax? Are you ready just to get this season going? Oh, I'm chill. I'm chill. Totally chill. You look chill. So, well, I, I'm sorry. One of my, one of my, uh, I have three jobs actually. One with FF Today. One I do uh, news blurbs for USA Today, and then I also ref, referee ba- or service a basketball official, high school basketball official. 
reason I mentioned that is because even working 16, 20 hours doing the news blurbs for USA Today, I'm still not getting all the information I need. So there's, there's just think about that. If you think that this is just something that we, you know, do off and on, or, you know, whenever I get a lunch break, whatever. No, no. Oh no. It's it. Year year round. Yep. It's year round. Exactly. So there is no off season, right? No off season. But you mentioned we are in that kind of an area there where it's kind of, okay, we can kind of relax, but we don't want to relax on today's show. We want to know if Doug Orth is coming in with that championship belt to the Kings classic. He's walking into the blinded division, walking into that draft room. What is that intro music going to be to cue it up for Doug? What are we listening to? (laughs) Let the people know you're there. Wow. Wow. Please say, teach me how to Dougie. I mean, you should just walk around to that all the time. Right, right. Well, there's a better chance I can walk like an Egyptian or uh, <laughs> do, the, do, do the icky shuffle than, than the Dougie. There you go. Uh, <laughs> wow, you hit me. Long, for the well, longest time. About, for the longest time. you thinking about that there. I was yeah. going to say, you mentioned walk like an Egyptian. I'm thinking like walk like a dinosaur, walk the dinosaur. You remember that song back in the 80s? <laughs> no. Yeah, there we go. Come on, man. You've got to look it up on YouTube right now. I promise uh, you, you will not be disappointed. Walk like a dinosaur? Walk the dinosaur. Yeah. Cue yeah. it up. Fantastic. Fantastic tune. It is. It is major. It is. I did I did lead the train when that was popular back in the late 90s. So we'll let, let's go with the train. That's you know, that's an easy one for a guy, you know, aging guy like myself to do now. So. <laughs> For those who don't know the aging train type thing here, you want to you want to keep a few lyrics from that or what? Uh, sure. Come on, ride the train and ride it. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did All you right. want me to? Did you want me to actually try? I'm sorry. You said it like I a robot. He was like, "Come on, ride the train." Like Terminator. Involved. I don't. I don't think people want to hear my falsetto. I, my, my voice stays in the basement, so yeah, it's better yeah. when my voice stays in the basement. It's like the Terminator at at a karaoke bar. <laughs> Come on, ride the train and ride it. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, I, I, Doug, I know we were supposed to get together there for dinner at uh, uh, in the Kings Classic there right, right. in Canton, Ohio. You missed on the karaoke there. We had even Scott Angle. Scott Angle was out there singing uh, "Ice Ice Baby" and "Walk This Way." I mean, hey, for <laughs> like Scott Angle to bust a move. I mean, he had the moves down in everything. I saw the video on him on him uh, walk this way. Yep, yep. I've already added it to the itinerary for next year. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, the, That's the, be the, karaoke, the karaoke, not walk this way. <laughs> <laughs> so we got that song going on there, but hey, everyone's got that guilty pleasure tune. I mean, there's always that one song that we don't want our buddies to know about that we like to listen to. We, we low-key love this tune. What is that song for you? Well, I was going to say for the longest time, Take On Me from Aha was my one of my favorite songs or my go-to favorite song. So, well, to, to answer your question quickly, I'll go with that. I can dig that. That's what I, I still like that song. I mean, that, that's a good low-key song to kind of chill out to. Yep. I don't even think I know that one. Well, we're, we're just oh. adding to Major's YouTube list right now of songs that he needs to take a listen to before <laughs> the next week's show. Yeah. Take on me. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. That's that's a classic. All right. See, I will not restrict my voice to just the basement. I know how horrible it actually is, and I don't care. (laughs) He really cried right now, too. (laughs) I want a a repeat invitation here, so let's let's, – once I get the second second invitation, then (laughs) we'll we'll hear the falsetto. Yeah. Let's let's get into you a little bit more – 
So as a kid, did you play any sports? And if you did, how did it develop you as a, as a youth? Yeah. So my first love was always basketball, which kind of explains why, to a certain degree, I'm a basketball official now. But yeah, basketball was my sport up until, well, until the late 90s, I think. Um, and I'll, I'll maybe get into that in a little bit, why the, why the change. But yeah, I started out, I, first of all, I grew up in a town of 350 people. I don't, I'd, I'd like to believe that I've, I win the ward there as far as the guest with the, that came from the smallest hometown. So yeah, <laughs> um, actually it's, I'm, it's a, it's a village. It's considered a village in Nebraska as that's how small it is. So, uh, we didn't have a stoplight for a while and, uh, we, we had to a part-time cop sometimes start out doing the doing the thing in diller actually ended up being an all, all state basketball player my my sophomore year went to, to took helped uh helped our school go to state for the first time in i believe 63 years my freshman year wow and then uh my sophomore year we were abysmal and but i was still i guess i still impressed enough people to go to be all state that year uh transferred schools hoping to increase my division one prospects and without giving you the 30 minute version on why that didn't happen let's just say it didn't happen and uh that that was that's very much in a nutshell my basketball story yeah and so who, who's some of your favorite uh teams and, and players growing up it could be basketball football whatever yeah i i idolized magic johnson for most of my youth good choice up, up until the uh the uh the work the reports came out about him that ended up being true then i to this day i'm a miami heat fan the reason i'm a miami heat fan is because i loved watching glenn rice uh, back in the late 80s and so um i believe he joined the heat within their i want to say in their maybe third or fourth year of existence yeah and uh i've been a i've been a heat fan ever since then all right, I was, I was going to get a question there about uh, a Nebraska boy there cheering for the Miami Heat. Something didn't quite quite jive with me on that. And shout out to small towns. So I just looked at my town's population as the 2016 consensus. Hey, 231. I'm right there with you. Small town. Uh, we, we still don't have a stoplight out there. I'm not even sure there's a stop sign anymore. I'm, I'm sure there is one time before you go on the uh, highway. But my, yeah. high school, my high school graduating class had more than both of your towns combined. <laughs> we had 900 kids graduate in oh, my man. class. That's crazy. That, that's insane. I mean, I don't think I've ever come to I, – I, I went to the big city for high school, and that was like 64,000. So that was a huge jump up for me, going to the big city at 64,000. And again, well, not I, a big deal. I was going to say, Matt, one of the beautiful things about growing up in a state that doesn't have any professional teams is you really get to choose. I mean, right. a lot of people will choose the most local team, which for us was the Chiefs, but um, uh, Chiefs and we, but we didn't have any basketball really anywhere close. Denver's Denver would be the closest, I think. So if you don't go for the local team, then you can just kind of pick and choose uh, either, either maybe have an allegiance because what my favorite my favorite football team growing up was the, was the Bengals and part of the reason was a uh, uh, University of Nebraska graduate named Jim Scow. I don't expect mm. you guys to remember who Jim Scow is. No, but uh, <laughs> he, he was that was back when the Bengals were good in the eighties and um, caught them on a Monday, Monday night game and the just like how they looked that that was back in eighty six I want to say and. Uh, and then I, I knew that they already had Jim Scow. They also had Dave Remington, who you may know from the the Remington Award that they hand out every year in the college game. He, he played for the Bengals for a while, too. So the Bengals were an easy, easy team to like back then, uh, you know, before the dark days of in the 90s and 
early aughts. I thought maybe it was just a Chris Collinsworth connection there that you really just love Chris Collinsworth out there. Well, yeah, if you can if you can plug me right into the uh, pro football focus right, right there. <laughs> but you had some good teams to cheer for there in Nebraska. I mean, that was kind of in that height of Nebraska football yeah. when they were arguably one of the greatest football teams ever to step on the field. I mean, there's arguments for those Miami teams, but that Nebraska team, that was probably, I mean, top two for sure. Guaranteed. You talking with, uh, with Tommy Frazier and those guys, or who are you yeah. talking about? Yeah, you're talking about the 95 team that just blew yeah. out Florida in the national championship game. That that one's generally referred to as, if not the most dominant team, um, certainly what, just like Mike said, Matt said, either, either top two or top five. I've seen it described as the most dominant, and I tend to agree. Yeah. Well, they weren't just an offensive team. They could play some defense there, too. And a lot of these teams that we talk about in college football history were one or the other. I mean, Miami had a pretty good defense, but they were known for that offense. Nebraska, they could do it both ways. I mean, however you wanted to play the game, they could definitely play the game that way. So that must have been some kind of treat watching that in your home state and be like, okay, this is something we're to root for. I mean, I got no pro team, but you know what? I've got this college team to kind of get behind. And that's how it is in Nebraska. Nebraska football is the pro team. And you can see it that we've got a sellout streak that dates back to the 60s. So that's it's just incredible. They're actually worried that we, we met that Memorial Stadium might not sell out for the first time in about 50 years, every home game. So, right. yeah. So that, I kind of understand that because growing up in L.A., you know, during the 80s and 90s, we didn't have any football teams as well. So that's why I'm a 49ers fan, because it was like the closest team, you know. So I, I totally get that. Yeah, growing up in Canada, we never had an NFL team. So I just became the closest fan of the Raiders. So, you know, that's how that works. <laughs> but let's, let's talk about these preseason matchups. because You've been doing this for quite some time. I mean, going back, FF Today, where you primarily are at that. I mean, you've been doing these uh, preseason matchup analysis. I, is it 2003? Is it going, is it gone that far back or? Yeah, I developed it. I had the idea for it back in 04. I started actually writing for FF today back in 06. And so that's kind of when it officially started. As I like to say, the big board is the big board. And then what is called now preseason matchup analysis has basically been the culmination of 20 plus years of playing fantasy football. Wow. Yeah. Cause I heard you had that developed before you went over to FF today. So I was just trying to get my timeline there a little bit straight, but it's been a while. I mean, if if you've been anywhere since like 2006, I mean, that, that says something, I think more about your personality than anything that, Hey, you're in it for the long haul. I mean, anyone who stays anywhere for any period of time, I mean, we just don't see that anymore, especially in the fantasy football world. You see people writing multiple sites, going multiple places, nothing. There's not anything wrong with that. It's just, it's hard to find that one person who's been somewhere to kind of, Hey, I'm going to plant my flag here. I'm going to set up camp and see where it kind of goes. That said, you've had some opportunity. I mean, did some stuff there. Obviously, you said USA Today. Made some appearances there on XM Radio with Fantasy Drive. So you've been around. I mean, you've, you've established yourself here and there. But just kind of talk about how that preseason matchup analysis all came about. Where did the where did the brainchild for that develop? Well, I think the easiest way to go about it, it used to be mistaken as a strength of schedule tool, but it's really more of a strength of individual matchup tool. It started out as simple as wanting to avoid players that face the Ravens or the Steelers in the playoffs. It has since evolved into something that I believe allows me to account for a particularly difficult or easy individual schedule. In short, it's become a very nuanced organism. And I'll just, for, for example, if you don't mind indulging me here for a second, when I go through the process of evaluating and grading matchups at running back, I consider the player and his strengths as well as the run-stopping ability of the opponent. 
I don't base my anticipated defensive strength on last year's numbers either, but ra- I rather consider how the new additions on defense fit into the scheme and the age of that defense. Mm. From there, I consider the strength of the offense line. Now, in the case of somebody like Austin Eckler, I will cons- I'll also consider how often I expect him to win his individual matchup against a linebacker or safety on a pass. Somebody like Austin Eckler is probably not going to have, I go green as in a very good matchup, white as in a very, as in a slight lean toward the offense, a yellow slight lean toward the defense, red heavy lean toward the defense. Somebody like Austin Eckler, somebody like McCaffrey, they're not going to have many red matchups because they do it both ways. And good luck. If, if you can find me five linebackers that can cover McCaffrey or Eckler, feel free to name them because I, I can't think of five, five, five linebackers or safeties that can do that. So considering they get at least half of their production through the passing game, I can't really get grade them as a red matchup. Right. Same thing with same thing with those cheat code quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, they may have a very difficult passing matchup, but a Jalen Hurts, a Lamar Jackson, can't, if, if they can rush for 50 yards and a touchdown, that's not a bad day. And then whatever they add in the passing game, that's just that's just gravy. So that's where that came from. Or that that's, how, that's a little bit peek under the hood, anyway. Yeah, how good. long do you lock yourself into a room to finish that project? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So <laughs> I wish I wish it was just locking myself into a room for a day and and saying and saying that it's it's my day in hell, but it's a little bit more than that. <laughs> um, ends up ends up being a basically a six week process. Now, granted, I'm not at the computer eight hours a day carving away and chipping away at it, but yeah, it's it's a it's something that with everything else I do takes about six weeks to. First of all, I, I grade the matchups that takes about a week, sometimes a week and a half. Then I go through. Eat. So, as I like to say in my my big board write up, there's somewhere between eight and nine thousand matchups that I'm that I'm grading for these guys because you take the seventeen week season times what 10 players per team plus or times another for all 32 teams you get up there into the into the thousand of, of decisions so it takes some time after i do the grading then i go through and do target and carry projections and then that helps me arrive at to the point where i can start projecting per carry and per target uh, numbers and then rather than what i used to do is i would go through and try to project game by game stat totals. What basically what you would think you would see in the box score for that game, right? That made the process way too convoluted. And then whenever something changed, somebody got cut, then I'd have to go through the hour or two of redoing that team's projections because one guy got cut or some news came out that this guy's role was reduced or whatever. And I just had to find something that was slightly more uh, malleable than that. So that's how we arrived at this. And I've, I've found it to be not only easier, but it's helped me be more successful too. So it, it was a good thing. Well, clearly major, this is something I'm not planning on doing anytime soon, but you've been doing this for almost 20 years, this whole matchup analysis thing. I mean, that's absolutely, you've got to find, be able to find a shortcut by now to kind of speed the process up by at least 12 hours. <laughs> by, by 12 hours, right? <laughs> Well, hey, again, do you have it, the trademark on that. Like, do you? <laughs> who has a trademark on that? That seems like it should be yours. Well, as I like to, I wouldn't say I'd like to say, but as I often will say and tell friends of mine, it's uh, you've heard you've heard the expression. Was it often often duplicated, but never 
Imita- often imitated, it. never imitated. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, I, I've seen I've seen other sites tr- try. I think the closest thing I've seen is Pro Football Focus, but I know that they don't count for the individual matchups like I do, and I think that that gives me a significant edge. Man, let's let's talk about you a little bit more. Let's talk about a decision that changed the trajectory of your life. Well, I, I think I can tell you two of them. Uh, I mentioned I transferred. We're going back to high school again. What, what we were just talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, making that transition, even though it didn't work out basketball wise for me, uh, making that transition from the the small town to the bigger school, which it's still not approaching. It's still not approaching your high school numbers, but at least our graduating class was 150 people. <laughs> right. So, um, but no, that helped me. That got me away from home. I was, I wasn't exactly living on my own, but I was kind of supporting myself. I lived, I lived with my sister and brother-in-law for those final two years of high school. So I got a kind of a head start or, or jump start on my, uh, living on my own there. That was one decision. The other one is coming out here to Connecticut back in 2006 to start working at ESPN. I'm no longer with ESPN, but, making that jump. I didn't know anybody out here. I'd spent a whopping, I think, 30 hours out here. From I flew in for the interview, interviewed the next day, and flew out the, that same that same evening. And that was the only time I'd been in Connecticut. And then uh, was about six months later, they ended up hiring me, and then I moved out here. And that's that, that probably had a bigger effect on my life than the high school one, but th- th- both of them are notable in my life, for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about this journey here. Let's talk about the fat, your journey in fantasy football. We talked about basically 2004, that matchup analysis thing kind of came through, starting with FF Today back in 2006. So you have a little bit of experience, experience here to draw from. What are some of the biggest changes you see in the industry now compared to way back then? And I say way back then just to kind of make us all feel a little bit older. Right, all right. Well, <laughs> understand, Major. I'm talking to you, Major. <laughs> yeah. 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 There was there was no Twitter or advanced analytics back then. So trying to put something like this together without that, that's why I had to stop at basically reputation. I was watching a lot of football back then, certainly, but a lot of that, what I had to do was based on reputation because you had nothing else to, to go on. Certainly like FF Today has their, they've had their points for and points against. That was, that was considered advanced stuff back then, back in 2006. So uh, Matt, I'm sure um, I, see, I think I see you shaking your head, Matt. That's that's stuff that uh, was ahead of ahead of its time back in 2006. For the most part, getting information like that is much obviously much easier now. What I don't like about the industry is how how hot takey it's become. Oh yes, um, <laughs> I, I believe there's a there's a quote. I'm I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure, but there's a quote there's a quote from Carl Sagan that says extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And we are missing that. All the evidence. (laughs) We're missing all the evidence. And and people, people will throw out 10 hot takes, get one of them right and, and plant their flag on that one hot take for years. If they have to, I I don't know if I've included the good and bad in there, but that's, those are the, some of the things that come right to mind as far as how much it's changed in the last 20 years. Yeah. Well, one, don't worry about butchering anything because we, we don't fact check that to begin with on this show. So <laughs> you can say whatever you want and we'll just kind of believe it as truth. So even if that quote was wrong, it's not going to make a difference. Two, I'm going to have to go rewrite right. my hot take article that I got ready to queue up here right now. 
it's just so- I just asked for more evidence, Matt. Just more evidence. That's all I'm asking. Come on, bro. Matt, <laughs> remember, Matt, have you, you ever have- used that gorilla gif? You know, there's a gif there right now on Twitter where the gorilla like goes back, reaches, grabs something from behind him, and throws it. That's basically my fantasy football analysis right there. That's basically how if it sticks, I mean that is good. It's like, hey, uh, Brees Hall here. Major Brees Hall here. We got Elijah Mitchell. Let's throw Don't him on there. Whatever me. sticks on the window longest. Major, that sounds a lot like his draft strategy at the King's <laughs> That is exactly how it rolls. And for the yeah, record, baby, Doug, getting in there. I like it. <laughs> I want the record to show here that Major is actually older than I am. I'm going to throw that out right now. <laughs> oh, why are you deflecting now? Why are you deflecting? Doug, you how you want to point at me. Okay. And if I'm this great, I want to know what he's using to keep that beautiful beard as clean as it looks right now. I'm just going to – not going to make out any kind of conversation. I'm just going to kind of point that out to those who are watching the show right this now. This is all deflecting, that, ladies and gentlemen. This well, is he, a, he, he heard the commercial, no play for Mr. Gray, so that's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Doug, I think Doug got a little jokes over here. I see, okay. He, he knows how to make uh, it. Yeah, okay. don't, don't, don't allow this train to get going. Uh, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> so let's, let's get back on track, though. Let's uh <laughs> So what 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 is something that people wouldn't like expect or realize from you that they typically wouldn't know about you? We already heard your singing chops already a little bit earlier. Do you have any like <laughs> hidden talents or anything like that that people may not realize or even know that you have? Well, apparently he's a stand-up comedian, so we could put that on there as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I didn't have room for that on the Twitter bio, or I <laughs> great question. I'm I'm very. You would definitely want me for eighties music trivia night i would i would say that songs and artists i'm very good at that's that, that's my skill <laughs> no uh that's that's the one that pops up immediately to mind what is this 80s movies 80s music Just music music, music, music okay yeah in fact i'd like to challenge myself i don't always listen to 80s music on sirius xm but <clears throat> i try to challenge myself to come up with the artist before it either pops up or if i'm if maybe I have the GPS on, so I have a different screen on, and I have somebody in the car with me, I'll try to, I'll shoot out the artist and the song before before. Who, who's, who's, who's your favorite uh, '80s artist? Who's who's your who's the? Is it a group? Is it little Duran Duran in there? Little uh... little glass yeah. tiger. He looks like a glass tiger guy to me. Oh oh! <laughs> Don't forget me when I'm gone, huh? Yeah. Survivor is one that comes pretty. Uh, pr- I like Duran Duran. I do like Duran Duran. I think Survivor is the one that comes uh, immediately to mind. So a question for you now. Now let's put this out here. We're talking Survivor here. Did Survivor make Rocky or did Rocky make Survivor? Ooh, that's a, hey, that's a really good question. That's the yeah. best. I don't think you could have one without the other. I don't think those Rocky movies hit the know. way they do Rocky. without the montage. And when he goes to Russia there and he's training, boom, Survivor kicks on. When he's ready to go gets Clubber Lang and Eye of the Tiger flies on. I mean, I don't think those Rocky movies have the same impact. And vice versa, I don't think Eye of the Tiger and any of those songs really hit the same way without the Rocky movies. It's like You're Kenny right. Loggins. <laughs> you nailed it, Kenny Loggins. Um, now I regret shaving the beard. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, if that's a great that's a great question and a great point. If I had to lean one way or the other, I would say Rocky made those songs right um, because those songs don't have the same impact if you don't have the rocky image in your head so but 55 45 maybe i mean it's <laughs> it's not as bad as kenny loggins i mean kenny loggins is only good because of the movies that he was able to get into there like the footloose and 
uh, Top Gun and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the Danger Zone. That you don't even know it's Kenny Loggins. You just know that's a Top Gun song, right? I mean, yeah. that's basically how we view it there. Yeah, really now, quick, Top Gun, a new Top Gun up down. What, 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 what were we thinking? A new Top Gun. Did not see the new Top Gun. Okay, I, I watched it and I'm I, I don't know where I'm at on it. I'm just like, eh. Well, just, I don't think that really changed a lot. I think a lot of people, even the original Top Gun, were kind of like, eh. Now yeah. when they watch it back nowadays, I mean back then it, it was it was pretty good back in the day. Yeah. Plus I, I sport a pretty mean pair of aviators too. Now <laughs> when we talk, we talk about this grind, we talk about what goes in the offseason, this and that, in season versus off season. Well, what's going on for Doug? And then how do you find time to recharge? Is there a recharge period where you're like, you know what? It's the draft. I'm gonna recharge because I'm not a draft guy. Or maybe it's something else where you kind of find the that two, three week period where you're like, hey, I'm gonna take some time off, or like you mentioned. September's rolling in. My preseason, my all my rankings are kind of now taken care of here. I got a little bit of a week and a half break here, and then I'm going to get right back into everything. For I think the last, I'm going to say 10 years, there's about a two or three week stretch right after the Super Bowl and before the Combine that you get to kind of take take a step back. Fortunately or unfortunately, I've also been doing draft coverage for FF Today since I believe 2013. I want to say I feel like Eddie Eddie Lacy was part of the first class that I evaluated. Um, so it, that's been going on for almost 10 years up to. And that, w- that was just something that I, I saw that was lacking in the industry that I and now it seems like about every site has somebody that's has a draft profile or, or what or not. But uh, that was just something I wanted to add to the to the website that I, I thought, like I said, that was lacking in the industry. So and then like, like we t- kind of talked before before the show, all this work that goes into into draft week or draft weeks, uh, you get to kind of sit back and kind of enjoy the the ups and downs that goes along with with drafting. And in my case, high stakes drafting, where uh, when you get when you got when your number 25 guy falls to you at the end of the fourth round, that's that almost makes it makes it worth it. Now, whether it plays out right or not, or the way you want it to or not is another story. But those those are the feelings that you really look forward to when you when you're doing all this work. Yeah, let's 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 shift a little bit and get into a super personal question. <laughs> no, what's what's on your uh, YouTube playlist? You look like a a, a cat video watcher guy. <laughs> like what's... Yeah, I see. I should be I should be better with that. I should actually have a playlist. I have. I st- <laughs> uh... <laughs> like if you had a playlist, what would you be watching? Oh. You mean music or music or you know music podcast uh, just any random thing on YouTube? Yeah, I'm believe it or not, I'm not much of a podcast guy in terms of listening to podcasts. Uh, Vipercast now, but you know, not not too much of anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I when I go to YouTube, okay, so during the spring, that's how I will get the majority of my clips for that I use. Cause if, if you go to my draft profiles, I'll, I'll, I'll point out and I'll pull out the time codes that accentuate or that show off uh, the particular skill that I'm either saying is a strength or a weakness for that player. And then I, like I said, I put like four or five time codes for a running back, running backs vision, for example, or a quarterback's anticipation college football during the spring, uh, during the rest of the year, it'll be mostly music once I'll say one song that comes to mind is Scorpions Wind of Change. That's that's probably the one. If I if I can uh, if I can do a karaoke song next year at the for the expo, it might be Wind of Change. So 
Uh-oh. Or at least I'll try it anyway. I, I, I can't. Matt's going to have it queued up for you next year. Matt will have it queued up. <laughs> yeah, no, I've got, I've got this clipped out right now. I'm bringing this actual clip to the Kings <laughs> Classic, so it's going to be right out there. Nice. When we step nice. into that draft room, hey, karaoke, Sunday night. Just throwing it out there right now. Let's get it going. Well, look at look at that. I got dinner seven thirty. Seven thirty is going to last at least two gotta hours. Go. <laughs> so I, I got to ask this because I'm going to get a little bit off here. I'm going to jump all over the place before Major's sure. next question. There. So I brought my uh, lovely wife down to Canton, and it wasn't really her cup of tea, but she kind of made do with it, and she kind of enjoyed herself as much as she possibly could. Now I see that you brought yourself a little uh, an acquaintance down to Canton there as well. How, how did she enjoy the whole trip? She does like her sports and. Uh... About the about her only complaint was for Saturday instead of watching us go through two three hour drafts that she's going to take the car keys. <laughs> she's going to take the car keys next year. Other than that, I think she had a blast and uh, already has already mentioned about coming coming next year as well. So okay. yeah, it, it, and this is a kind of feel a little bit different. To be able to share that with them as well when you go down there. It's like you see the work that you're putting in, and then. They get to see in this element. Like I know my wife was like, "Why are they asking you to sign that? Why? Why are they asking you to take a? What is wrong with these people? I mean, they, they know who you are, right?" <laughs> Without question, I think it's. Uh, I think she she actually mentioned that once. It's when while we were there, it was, it was nice seeing me in my element and and just some of the. I would. I look. I I know where I stand. I don't attract big crowds yet. It's going to happen, but not yet. But uh, certainly at the expo, I was part of the auction panel, for example, and then to come out and basically have, you know, there was one stretch where I had four or five people around me asking questions. And then and I must have been talking for 30, 45 minutes after the after the auction panel was over, just about various things regarding fantasy. So, yeah, it was, yeah, that kind of stuff. It's as close as most of us are probably going to be to being treated like a star or, and not that that's what we're in this for, but it, it's nice to, to be recognized like that and, and be sought after for your advice. Yeah, that was a good question. I like that one, Matt. Let's see where are we at here. Um, so if you weren't in this fantasy football atmosphere or sphere or whatever you want to call it, what would you be doing? And let's take off the referee it as well let's let's take yeah. that off because you already gave that to us what would you be doing if it wasn't uh if you weren't doing this that's a great question and in most days i wouldn't want to consider it <laughs> um i know what i was doing before i came out here which was trying to find temp jobs that uh and i was actually working for a in human resources as for a, a place called oriental trading back in nebraska there's a decent chance that i would have went become a full-time employee there had, had the SBN not called. But as far as what I'd be doing now in my mid forties, um, I would probably be doing a job that I don't care to do. Uh, oh, let's just put it, put it that way. <laughs> exactly. uh, so, so I, I don't have a particular occupation in mind that I think I would be doing. I would be in sports or at least I would be trying, I would can be in sports somehow, but, uh, yeah, that's a, I'm I glad I haven't had to, I'm glad I haven't had to consider that question more than I than I have. Yeah, that's the most honest I think anyone's ever answered that question. Like doing something that you would not want to be doing. That, is like, <laughs> I, that kind of hurt hit me in the heart. Like, oh man, I feel you right there. <laughs> so you mentioned ESPN. I mean, a lot of people are trying to get their foot into the industry one way or the other. Was that your first 
attempt to kind of get into the industry there, like ESPN, or was that more of a different type of job that you didn't really see it going to where you got to today, right? I mean, a lot of people get into ESPN. It's not necessarily into sports. It might be the male guy or something like that or something on the tech side rather than in the actual analysis. Was that your step into fantasy football or was that more of a, you know what, I'm going to take a step into sports here? My first foray, I guess, well, let's say in fantasy sports, I did work for another website back in 2000 and 2000, 2001, I think even into 2002, if I remember right. So even though I didn't get paid for that position, that was kind of my first foray, official foray into into to sports, not not including the like being an intermodal director back in college type of stuff. So when I come out to ESPN in 06, I was hired as a production assistant. And that's the job. I, I took that job at 30 where most of the people that were taking that job were right out of college. Mm. So, but I did, t- I took that job with the idea. I was either going to, to do my damnedest to either work for com or the magazine. And it, it the production assistant job did allow for us to, to show off at, le- at least a little bit of that side or, or creative side. They would ask us to, for story ideas and uh, then we have we'd have to craft up it could be you could it, the story idea could be is something as simple as recommending something for the cafeteria or it could be it could be saying that i think this would be a great idea for a show or i would like to add this to baseball tonight you know stuff like that anything that they thought could improve the network so so i try to use those story ideas as a, as a way to Im- impress the people that i needed to impress push push the envelope in that regard unfortunately it didn't work out for me at least not right away i did end up working for the magazine about 10 years later for a few months as for as a temp job but uh it, it didn't it didn't quite pan out the way i wanted it to in terms of working for espn and having that that comfort and that um that peace of mind that comes along with a full-time job with espn but in the end i guess i'm doing what i wanted to do just you know, on my own, as opposed to having the, a company support. Right. So that did sound like you learned some lessons there, kind of learned some valuable experience through that whole journey there. But at fantasy football as a whole, and this is one of my favorite questions we ask each and every week, what have you learned through fantasy football? And then maybe more importantly, what has fantasy football taught you about yourself? I always knew I was a numbers guy. I mean, I, I mean, I loved, I can remember, I can remember what, multiple uh, memorizing multiplication tables when i was four and five years old i've always loved numbers i've always loved numbers uh i don't think i realized how much i like research just digging digging and clawing into finding out why things are the way they are and i I think that's very important with what we do in sports our job as i and i'm pretty strong about this our job as analysts is to explain what happened not just regurgitate numbers Right. Explain where the numbers came from. Explain you, you should be able as a as a good fantasy analyst, you should be able to look at a game and within and I don't mean you should be anal, able to analyze it the same way that the guys that get paid millions of dollars to do it on TV do. I mean they have a lot more tools often more often than we do. But we should be able to if we watch enough games, we should be able to analyze why how and why things happen and it I, that's along with the whole hot takey thing that I mentioned earlier. I think we've gotten to a point where p- people consider analysis to be regurgitating numbers. And if it supports, if it supports my belief, then that's all I need to hear. And that's, 
anyway, so I love love the numbers, love the research. I think that's that's what I've learned about my my time in fantasy sports. See, Major Kara's not the only one who loves numbers, just because you and I aren't big numbers guys. I mean, I just memorized my nine times tables a couple of weeks ago, so I'm sharing that with the kids. Did you know if you take like the number that nine is being multiplied by and you subtract one and then you add whatever that number is plus to give you the uh, equals up to nine, it gives you the answer. So, like, nine times nine is nine minus one gives you the eight, eight plus one is nine, so the answer is 81. It only took me like 40 years to get there, but hey, we, we get it. We're making some good here. Now, we know that, you know, fantasy football often teaches us more about ourselves than what we could teach others. I mean, it's just one of those kind of trial by error kind of things. But along the way, there are people that cross our paths, people, relationships that mean a little bit more to us than maybe some other ones. I mean, when we get to the King's Classic, I mean, you got Drew Davenport there that is a fantastic individual there. Jim Coventry. Is there a nicer guy in fantasy football than Jim Coventry? I mean, the way he wears those medium T-shirts and pulls off that look, I mean, not only does he look good, but he's absolutely a beauty of a man. Now, who are some of those people that, for you, that kind of helped you along the way that, that you have a little bit more respect for? No, I, I think you nailed two of them right there, uh, I, I, especially Drew in the last year. Uh, Drew and I have certainly talked more in the last year. Uh, Jim, I, I met Jim the first year that we were invited to the Kings Classic back in 2018. And we <laughs> he needed a ride back from the Hall of Fame because I think all the other analysts left and I was the last one around. <laughs> and uh, that, that <laughs> that's not the entire story, but we, we did. St- <laughs> but uh, that was part of the story. So, so yeah, those, I think you nailed those two guys right there. Yeah, I, I'll just I'll just go with those two guys. I I, I know I talked to Drake to uh, Brian Drake a yeah. fair amount. Does a great job hosting his 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 pod, and then actually had two. I'll mention two other guys in the last two years. Uh, of course, JJ. We we know JJ the auctioneer for for our for our uh, Kings Classic. Uh, great guy there too, and. Um, and then I've hung out with Dr. Jesse Morse each of the last two years. And that's the guy. You can tell how passionate the guy is about medicine, about what he does. He can go on for hours if you, if you let him in, in just in terms of what he does, the, the, the medical knowledge he has. It, it's, it's, and I've told him both years that I've talked to him, I said, the, the industry needs a lot more people like you and a lot less people that just regurgitate numbers. <laughs> So I, I got, I got, I thought I was going to say two, but I guess there's five right there that uh, <laughs> uh, five guys that really stick out in terms of the guys I've met at the Kings classic. Well, there's so many people that help us along the way. I mean, it's, it's invaluable. I mean, none of us get to where we get without a lot of help along the way. I mean, yeah. I kind of joke about it all the time. If there's ever an opportunity where I can get wherever I want to get at some point, it's going to be because a lot of people help me along the way. I love the Jim Coventry and how, he got stuck in the Hall of Fame and got you had to give him a ride back because last season I didn't have a ride to the Hall of Fame for the Kings Classic. So I caught a ride with him not knowing who he was. So I basically got, I mean, I knew the Roto-Wire thing. I've seen him on the, U, on the YouTube. I've seen him on Twitter and stuff. But I didn't get an opportunity to actually meet him or talk to him. But yeah, he's like, yeah, come on in my vehicle. You're, you're a complete stranger. 
But exactly. yeah, most Canadians are friendly, so you seem like a good guy. Come on in. So he gave me and Mauricio a ride Wait, up. Both to the you King's guys Classic. got rise by the same guy in different times. Is he like a fantasy guy, or is he just like a Lyft driver on the side, or like an Uber <laughs> driver? That, that's that's Bob Long's part time job. <laughs> no, no, he, he that's a good guy right there. Yeah, Bob Long. Bob Long. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, Bob Long. Uh, drives hall of famers to and from yeah he yeah. told us about yeah. that he yeah. has some really good stories too yeah so that that's why i made that joke but yeah yeah jim so yeah like i said we uh everybody had left by the time that i believe i was getting ready to head out and and uh yeah we we, we had talked a little bit during the lunch in between the drafts that first year so, I mean, it wasn't like we were complete strangers. I mean, we talked for 30 minutes. So I guess if that doesn't make us complete strangers, but uh, then yeah, we talked some more on our way to Buffalo Wild Wings. That That's how it was the first couple of years at the Kings Classic is you would you would draft and then you'd spend the rest of the day closing down B-dubs. And, <laughs> and so that's so between between uh, between talking to him at lunch, we're talking about Jim here, obviously between talking to him at lunch, talking to him on the drive over with B-dubs, and then obviously a few more hours at, at, after we got to B-dubs. Yeah, it, it was it was the start of it was the start of us talking for quite a bit for the last five years. And it's yeah. the, the, the beauty of what he does. He's I don't say this about many people in the industry. He's he seems to see football in a similar way as that I do. I mean, I think we're both we would both consider ourselves film guys. We both, I believe, we use we use analytics and numbers to help explain it, but we don't rely on them. And I think it's it's increasingly rare to see that in the industry. That is so true. Speaking of the industry, though, give one last piece of advice for those of us trying to make it in this fantasy football world and give us your best piece of parenting advice, even if you don't have kids. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna to have to mull over the parenting advice. Um, <laughs> hey, you coach basketball for probably junior high and high school kids. I'm sure there's some ideas of yeah, circulated you through your mind at one point. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> that's, that's number one. <laughs> for sure. Okay, so, so I'm sorry. What was the first question again? I'm sorry. Um, advice for those who are trying to make it in the fantasy industry, fantasy football industry. I don't know that I have anything revolutionary there. Find your own voice for sure. The, the industry the industry has a lot of sharp and, and smart people in it but we by no means have all the bases covered and and don't let anybody tell you differently so there is a niche there is going to be a niche for we could have a hundred more people join the industry within the next year and they're, they're not all the niches are going to be filled right. just, that's just or at least not filled adequately keep an open mind be willing to learn and understand that when you think you've got it all figured out you're not any, anywhere close right <laughs> I, I, I like to say and this is not this is not a humble bragging thing i like to think that i'm at least as far as the industry i hate to brag on myself but i'd like to think that it, as far as the industry goes i'm one of the smarter football people in it okay i mean with the belt shining behind you you know <laughs> we have to kind of agree with that you know now with that said i know maybe 20 percent of what i need to know about right. football it's just there. I'm not going to get to the point where I've I'm even close to got it all figured out. So don't don't go in don't go into this thinking that you're going to get it all figured out. Listen, listen, listening is listening is huge. Other people are going to have good ideas. You're not going to have the, the monopoly on good ideas. Uh, maybe I, I've probably given you three or four things now. I've just 
the, the, the point being is the things that make you as a successful human being in any other industry besides fantasy, find your niche, listen more than you talk, stuff like that. That's going to play well here too. Good advice. Yeah. As far as parenting, I used to, I used to say, even though I've never been a parent and don't intend to be a parent, uh, 90% of good parenting is caring. There you so go. If, if you care enough, you'll find a way to, to make it work. To make it work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And growing up in a small town, when those streetlights come on, it means get your butt back home. That's, that's basically the like cue for <laughs> you to come back city, home. Hey, I was in the city as well. We had that same rule. I, so, I still, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, I still remember very well that we didn't need curfews. We, we knew that if we came home after midnight, mom was going to be waiting for us at the kitchen table. And because she, she couldn't go to sleep unless, until all the kids got home. Yeah. And if you didn't want to make mom upset, you got home at a decent time. So, and she was she was as great as a mom as you could ask for, but uh, you didn't want to you didn't want to disappoint her in that way. So, no one ever showed up late. There you go. Well, I'm going to be the fantasy football mama here, and I'm going to make sure we get out of this show at a decent time. Hey, see how I did that, Major? Ah, look at that segue. <laughs> that always said, hey. We're doing some pretty good things there over at Fantasy Points right now. Use promo code 22VIPERS10. Get 10% off that subscription right now. Check out Doug over at FF today. He's got all kinds of things going on. These preseason matchups are you don't want to miss out on them. And pretty confident it's a pretty good reasonable price to get those, isn't it? What's the price, Doug? Well, as our friend Marcus Grant would say, free 99. So, yeah. Um... <laughs> Hey, and I'm a big, big believer. Hey, I talk about it all the time. I'm frugal, I'm cheap, and anything free is worth saving up for. That brings <laughs> me to my next thing. So Mitch's, <laughs> Mitch's for riches, right? That's where we're going. For Major, for Doug, I'm Matt Dahl, and this has been the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. We'll see you next week behind the grind. Take care. <laughs>